and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. Does she really have laser eyes? Uh, yeah. Whitney Nelson. Hello. (laughs) Whitney. Yes. It's great to have you back. Your Thank presence you. was sorely missed. I have sorely missed, missed only one episode of Cool Breeze. It's unbelievable. Since we started, yeah, an otherwise untarnished record of perfect <laughs> attendance. Yeah, it's no, insane. I no longer get my certificate for perfect <laughs> attendance. Right, the season four certificate is out the window, but seasons yeah. one, two, and three, you're golden. You got those. That's a you're locked. <laughs> you're locked and loaded. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's like I said, great to have you back. I'm excited that it's for this film. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of coasting. Yeah, we're just coasting right towards the end here. We're so. very near the end. <sighs> I'm getting emotional already thinking about it. Let's not talk We got a ways that. to go. Don't get emotional yet. <laughs> All right. I don't know. It's scary. Mm, cool. cool your jets. All right. I will. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this. As always, we've got a lot of stuff to get out of the way before we get to the good stuff. So let me go ahead and do that. Uh, Up top, as always, I want to mention you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us at coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. We received, I sent this to the entire group, we received a, a lovely email from listener Maria yestterday on Keanu's 56th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I would like to read the, the first half of this. It's like a two-part thing. But the, the second half will come on our next episode. You'll see why. It reads, Hello, Andrew, Whitney, and the Cool Breeze crew. Firstly, thank you for saving me my sanity over these past months. I couldn't think of a more auspicious day than Keanu's birthday to send you this message. I'm in Chester, Northwest England, and been in various stages of chaotic lockdown since March. It's been a hard slog throughout as a health worker at our local mental health hospital. Oof. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I'm like, do I thank you? How many times do I thank you? Should I send a card? (laughs) Like, thank you for all that you do. (laughs) Honestly, Maria. Uh, I've always been a Keanu fan throughout, though you might wonder how I've kept up the thread of admiration based purely on his Point Break heroics and Dangerous Liaison's fluffy shirt wardrobe. That's right. Just Mm -hmm. those two films. Just those Mm -hmm. two. It has only been since March that I have watched The Matrix Trilogy, Speed, and All the Wicks for the first time. Wow, what a good March. I mean, a terrible March. (laughs) Right, but... It was a terrible March for the whole world. However, what a great March. Absolutely, absolutely. How have I lived before this? Hanging out with you guys on the pod has got me through, quote, the new normal. Andrew enthusing, so good! (laughs) Whitney's red-hot takes... Evan, the ever droll, and how do we know The Void is not just a cover for Charles managing a continental-style jazz club? Huh. We do not. We do not know that. That is an interesting take. (laughs) I have most enjoyed the pods about the ludicrous movies I know I'll never watch. Thanks for saving me a shit ton (laughs) of precious life hours. You are welcome. That's why we do it. Honestly, that's... Why we're here is to save you the, the <laughs> trauma. Yeah, Maria. <laughs> you do enough, okay? Let this be our yes. albatross. Not, exactly. nearly, not nearly equal in value, but, uh, you know, thank you for listening and the kind words. This was, this was great to, like, I woke up to this 
and it was just such a lovely thing to read. So, Maria, thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Thank you for listening. So uh, if you are watching live on Periscope, Twitch, or now, oh my gosh, four episodes from the end, why not? Facebook, you can chime in with your two cents and have us read your comments aloud and agree or debate you or any of that stuff. I see Claire. I see Rachel. There's probably a few other folks who haven't commented. Please feel free to chime in with whatever you want to say. And then finally, if you want to be excellent to us, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, bring more folks into the fray. So many people have said that they're very excited to come along on the the new adventures with us. So it's always great. And uh, reviews on this podcast will lead more people to the new adventures. So do that. Mm -hmm. All right. It's synopsis time. Whitney, do you mind if I take this since it's, again, just the two of us? All right. Again, knock yourself out. (laughs) Today, we are talking about the film Toy Story 4. The plot synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes is, when a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside old and new friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy. This movie has eight writers. Uh... (laughs) John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, Josh Cooley, Valerie LaPointe, Rashida Jones, yes, that Rashida Jones, Will McCormick, Martin Hines, and Stephanie Folsom. It was directed by Josh Cooley, who has worn a number of hats at Pixar since working in the art department on the first Incredibles film. He's been an assistant writer. He's done a little bit more of the art direction. The guy, uh, it seems like Pixar really hires from within. So pretty cool to see him like rise to the ranks and, and direct what is potentially, I guess, maybe their most popular franchise. So that's cool. Co-starring alongside Keanu is just like an absolute crazy list of people. It's just like absolutely bonkers. We have, obviously, the original crew, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Annie Potts. Then they're joined by Tony Howe, Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan Peele, Madeline McGraw, Christina Hendricks, uh, some returning favorites, Joan Cusack, Kristen Schaal, John Ratzenberger, Carl Weathers, Don Rickles, Jeff Garland, and like so many more. You, you could basically list the entire cast and it's all names you know. So Whitney, the fourth film in a franchise is a tricky, tricky, tricky proposition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do the critics and the people have to say about Toy Story 4? Well, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it 97%, so it's certified fresh. Holy shit. And the audience gave it 94%. So we have, critically, Toy Story 1 and 2 have perfect 100% scores, and Toy Story 3 has a 98%. Uh, Audience scored the films 92, 86, and 89, respectively. So audience have scored this one for the highest. Dang. Critics have put this one last out of the three. Now, the lowest for critics is still 97%, so it's <laughs> right, still pretty well-reviewed. But this is yeah. the, the least well-reviewed critically of the four movies. So we have a critic quote from A.A. A. Dowd of the A.V. Club, who says, Toy Story 4 is so fast and light on its feet that it's easy to ignore that it's a pretty minor adventure, which I agree with. Hmm. And then Alec B. on Rotten Tomatoes, as a user, gave it four out of five stars and says, Thankfully, they recognize that the third one was a pretty definitive endpoint for the series. So this one is left to function as a sort of lengthy epilogue. It's a bit more effective than I anticipated, even if it can't reach the heights of what came before. Wow. Okay. That's... 
you know, that's a surprisingly well-written yes, user it's, review. It's, uh, <laughs> what, is, what is the word that I'm trying? S- salient? Succinct? Oh, Succinct. salient. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. We, you know, user reviews are not always the uh, most down-to-earth. Sure. A lot of and, them uh, go on tangents that you're not even prepared for. It's like, yeah. I saw this film after my wife left me. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. whoa. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know about this. For sure. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we we have like, we have what appears on paper to be like, this is a, this is a hit. This is like a, a, a massive success for on Pixar. On paper. This is one of the best movies that we've watched. Absolutely. If you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the reviews, it's, you'd it's be hard-pressed. So, Whitney, mm-hmm. I, I turn it over to you because this is our, this is our show. This is did our this, show. <laughs> if anyone was work? wondering, <laughs> this is our show. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing here if you're not, you're not here for us? Yeah. Did this movie work for you? Is the real question? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Qual- a qualified yes. Uh, and the qualifiers are: it didn't need to be made. Right. That's a big one. <laughs> this is the movie. Like it's chronologically sort of a story, but in reality, it's more like vignettes than it is a story. Uh, there's yes. there's very little through line driving the story it's just kind of events happening to characters and them responding and as we kind of follow different people that becomes even more like just cute vignettes of different things and them trying to tell the story so I have a problem with that in movies Uh, it's very easy to have a driving motivating thing that the plot revolves around and to have just events rather than a story um, has always kind of bugged me but I think the characters are incredible in this movie. I mm-hmm. think that they did an incredible job of making a story that has been being told for 25 years relevant to the millennials who first saw the first movie in theaters. I think Forky is a brilliant way to stay in touch with your initial audience yeah. 25 years ago uh, while still, like, whoever brought in Forky, not the idea of the character but the personality of the character um really tapped into a gen z and millennial vibe and so they did a very good job of of bringing in people something that was funny for us now they also did it with keanu and the Duke <laughs> oh Kaboom yeah thing. they did <laughs> they also did it with key and peel and they were very much like They did an incredible job of making it appeal to, you know, I'm 36. I have no kids. I like Disney stuff a lot. But other than that, there's no reason why I would go see Toy Story 4. Except for Mm -hmm. the fact that they did such a good job of putting these touch points of characters and sort of themes and and people that make me want to see it, even though I necessarily would not have seen it otherwise. I did wait until it was out um, available for download before I saw it. I did not see it in theaters. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of Pixar movies that people will watch 
and enjoy, but not necessarily seek out if they don't have kids. And I think that they did a good job of getting us into the theater and giving us something to appreciate. Yeah. And I don't know. I think they stuck very, very close to sort of the overall moral of the Toy Story universe, which is love is literally an animating force. Like, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. Love is what is important with the whole Forky story. So that's, like, very key to the whole why dolls are animate to begin with is because of the love of kids and et cetera. And they they play that that sentiment out well. But I just don't know, like, it didn't need to be made. (laughs) And that's (laughs) the end feeling that I have is I genuinely enjoyed it. I laughed out loud. It goes by so quick. And yet... I don't, I can't ultimately say that was amazing. I love it because the story wasn't really there. It's just a series of events. <laughs> yeah, I can, um, I could definitely see that. I, 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 I definitely kind of feel the same way. Like there was a period of time between, I don't know if it was between two and three or three and four where they did like make, vignettes of Toy Story, like little short mm-hmm. 10 to 15 minute, these little stories that they had, mm-hmm. like they, and they were themed, like there's a Halloween one. I think there's a Christmas one, like all these little kind of, you just want to be with these characters in this world and everyone, you know, it's, it is Tom Hanks and, mm-hmm. and Tim Allen and the whole crew. And you're like, oh, these are great. And then <laughs> they're like, what if we got eight writers to do a 15-minute vignette each. <laughs> and now there's our movie. It's great. So that's, mm-hmm. that is kind of what this feels like in a big way. Like, I, I, I'm nodding along with you the entire time here. Yeah. Uh, if I could, I'll, I'll take one step back to say the thing that is absolutely incredible about this movie is the animation. <laughs> because mm-hmm. when... When we open on that like first scene with the rainstorm and the thunder mm-hmm, and the lightning, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, looks photorealistic. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is that was crazy good, and they manage to keep it like they have done such a good job of incorporating new technology and making it the animation like off the charts good, but still stylized enough that you never hit Uncanny Valley. Yes, there's this thing where it's like. There's also this thing that happens where, and um, you you probably know this better than m- many of our other hosts, like in video games, right? So like mm-hmm. you'll get a remake of a video game or like a re or a remaster of a video game, and they'll be like, oh, this was like a PlayStation two or three game. Here's the PlayStation four version, and you're playing it th- this remastered version, and you're like, oh. Of course, it's always looked like this. This is exactly what I remember. <laughs> and then you go back to the original one, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, what this, the hell? Is, How did I do nothing this? nothing like I thought. Yeah. How did I look at this for 40 hours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have done what I believe is the impossible where, very close to what you said, where this is like the this is what I remember Toy Story looks like. And that's through like repetition, right? Like we see mm-hmm. the same kind of places and the same characters, but if you go back just for shits and giggles, I put on the first five There's minutes of Toy very Story big One. Difference between oh my one and four God. in quality. Yeah. It is but at like, the time it was like 
oh my gosh, this is photorealistic at the time. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. They've just it, continued to upgrade as they've gone along. I do want to mention, we were talking a little bit about this movie in the podcast uh, chat, a little a little bit more of the how the sausage gets made. And yeah. I did want to mention what my sister Lindsay said about Bo Peep's story being all about empowerment, and then in the new doll, there's a weird message that you are right in thinking that your defaults or disabilities are what's holding you back, and if mm. you can fix them, people will love you again, and that sort of being the overarching message by the time the movie's done um they go back on sort of the central tenant of what they espouse the whole time um and that is true i don't think that it stood out to me as much as it did to her uh the first time i saw it for sure i didn't really notice the fact that they like um gabby gabby is the villain and does get a full redemption for not really any reason. There's, mm. there's not enough of a turnaround. She, also, she's not really enough of a villain to be, I, I mean, I love the, the mannequins. Oh my that are God. Her henchmen. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. But I think as a bad guy, there's not enough of her in it to really be the villain. And then they they turn around on redemption too fast. Yeah. And I do think that they, because she does like fix what was wrong and find a kid immediately, it is kind of like not about. It goes against the whole Forky thing and the whole Bo Peep thing in the movie because Forky is like, it doesn't matter who you are. You literally are garbage, but that's okay because somebody loves you. And then for Gabby Gabby, you have to fix yourself for somebody to love you. Yeah. So that Although- is. That's, that's, that's interesting, though. Well, it's I, I looked at that because I when Lindsay had mentioned that I I almost entirely forgot about that character because I'm mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm like Forky and Duke Kaboom. Let's fucking go. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what definitely what stood out for me from the watching it the first time to the rewatch is yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Key and Pill is those funny carnival animals. Duke Kaboom, love it. Like, let's go. Forky is incredible. Forky speaks so deeply to this generation (laughs) of people. Yeah. Everyone's comments. We we just had someone message us because they were just rewatching Toy Story 4 and about Forky throwing themselves away and then it came up again in our chat and, like, it is incredible that Forky doesn't hate themselves yeah they just know what they are and are comfortable with that and keep trying to throw themselves in the garbage (laughs) trash no 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 (laughs) it's hilarious yeah i don't i just can't it's amazing probably one of my favorite characters in an animated movie yeah and they've really nailed it with Tony Hale because that guy's mm-hmm. got the just the perfect voice for mm-hmm. that <laughs> that kind of manic energy you need for that sort of thing. Just uh, to get to get back to the Gabby Gabby thing real quick, the mm-hmm. I I'm of like two minds of it because she I don't know it was is a very quick turn for mm-hmm. that character. 
this movie is like it. It's very loaded, considering not a lot actually happens. Mm-hmm. But like, if they had re if they had rejiggered some things, where it was like, she tried that. She tried the thing where it's like, oh, if I just fix myself, then someone will love me, and that didn't work. Like the person that she was going for just flat out rejected her. <laughs> Spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're like, okay, well, that's cool because we're still friends. Let's go. We'll find you a kid. We got a kid for you. <laughs> like, I imagine Bonnie has picked up so many toys along the way that Woody and Buzz have rescued. It must be a fucking bananas in her closet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the idea that – I don't know if that – her second kid, which is very quickly resolved, uh, I don't know if, like, the voice box would have necessarily uh, been a factor in whether that kid accepted her or not. Uh, I would have liked to, for them to explore that, but again, that we only had like probably ten minutes left in the whole movie at that point. Yeah, I mean, I I think that going off on that tangent would have derailed the movie, considering how yeah. little like plot and motivation and driving force there was of the movie. So I I I think that there should have been something more about loving her the way that she is to really mm-hmm. overwrite. The, her like second act of voice box getting the attention of the girl that she's wanted to be her child the whole time. Like it, there wasn't enough like reconciliation of that for me. I feel like her turnaround was just too too fast. Yeah, I, I yeah I I get all that. I mean if it. it it worked. Uh, it worked a little bit for me, and I think that's on the strength of that was voiced by Christina Hendricks, who is like yes. <laughs> just Great. crushed it. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, given what she had, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, I've been sitting in this goddamn toy store for tw- twenty years or thirty years or whatever, I would go a little crate surrounded by <laughs> these terrifying mannequin <laughs> dummies. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! I love her henchmen. Her henchmen. Oh, that is so, so funny. funny. So funny to me. I think they do a pretty decent job in this because Pixar has this very this thankless job of like we need to make this entertaining for adults and kids, and they do that extremely well, right? I can't imagine. I don't know what a kid. It's hard to put myself in like that young mindset of like what I'm taking away from this. I'm probably just here for like Forky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they touched on a lot of good stuff about like finding your purpose. And with Forky, like, identity and meaning and all that stuff. It's death. It doesn't overtly talk about death, but there is a thing of, like, toys are essentially immortal. And what do you do when you don't have any? Like, there's a lot of underlying themes of coming to terms with death and the fact that we all die and whatever. And that's, like, pretty heavy for a Pixar Toy Story movie. But it's definitely in there. Yeah, and that's – think about this. This was a question that only on this rewatch that I asked myself because Gabby Gabby asks Woody, when were you made? And he says 1955 or some shit like mm-hmm. that. And we only know Andy as his kid. And we don't – like what the hell has he been through? <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, 90, so like 93 we meet Andy. What the hell happened to Woody before? And I, yeah, they could probably explore a lot of that stuff, but – I don't know if we need any more of these movies. Yeah, we didn't need this them. one. We didn't need this one. I loved so much of what they did, but we didn't need it. It's yeah. superfluous. 
yeah, all that said, I still found it incredibly affecting. Like, again, like the Duke Kaboom stuff, you know, that that holds a special Incredible. place for us. He's like one of the coolest characters that they... The, the, the issue is that we've introduced all these new characters. Like, obviously, Ducky and Bunny are hilarious, and Duke is great, and Bo Peep comes back. But the the unfortunate side effect is that all of the original cast is kind of just sidelined mm-hmm. in this in the van or, or in the RV or whatever, which is, in my opinion, I'm like, okay. I mean, we have, we've spent three movies, two, three movies with those characters, and then we get to meet this new cast with a different dynamic. I think that adds something kind of special to it. But the Duke stuff, seeing Bo Peep again, the choice between, like, when when Buzz says, she'll be fine, and I was like, oh, oh, God, it hurts again. <laughs> Just like the first time. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff, it really, really did work on me. Uh, in a in a big way, when when Duke makes the forty foot jump, it was heartwarming and then mm-hmm. immediately hilarious. Like what mm-hmm. a what a what a great turn for that character. Yeah, I mean overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's too much more to say. I think you know. <laughs> Do you have anything else? <laughs> no, I really don't. I feel like we've covered it all pretty quick, but. I mean, it's also it's Toy Story. Like, there's not a whole lot of in-depth to talk about with Toy Story. It's true. It's, it's fast. True. It's fun. It's kinetic. Like, it feels very energetic. It goes by fast. If you haven't seen any of the other Toy Stories, you can watch this one because it has very little to do with the rest of the movies because they were wrapped up in three. So, um, Kiana is incredible. Key and Peele are incredible. <laughs> Christina Hendricks is incredible. Like, the voice talent they got is on point for every single new character in this. Um, yeah. Again, I can't I can't say it enough. They really, really outdid themselves with the animation on this thing. It's bananas. Also, we, they got Randy Newman back still making the songs, and this one is I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away. Oh, my God. It's so funny when it it's kicks so in. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that he's like, yeah, that sounds great. I can write that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Give me a, you know, what is it? What what does it take him to write something like that? You know, like a couple days. It's like, give me like uh, three days. I I have have no idea, but I'm sure (laughs) it wasn't long. Yeah, he just he just turns him around. Consummate professional, that Randy Newman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's Toy Story. Mm -hmm. It was. We will get to that part later on. But now, yeah, we will tell you about rankings and recommends, but shortly, you've got a very good idea if you haven't seen the movie about what you can expect going in. Ultimately, it's very fluffy because we didn't need it in the universe, but I'm not mad that it exists at all. I had fun watching it and I had fun rewatching it to talk about it right now. So that that seems to actually truly be the consensus where it was like yeah. this is the greatest movie that doesn't need to exist right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. of all fourth films maybe this is the best fourth film i don't know i can't i can't oh, verify that i don't that know off. about that yeah how I, many uh, how many fourth films oh you know what i just i just fucking thought of a better fourth film are you what? ready mm-hmm. mad max fury road oh yeah that's the best <laughs> I don't even know what other movies have a fourth, but that's the best one. Fury Road is the best example of that that exists. Uh, you Damn could, it. You could name 
50 other wonderfully fantastic franchises that have a fourth movie. And Fury Road, is, without knowing what a yep. single one of them is, Fury Road is the best it's example better. of a good fourth <laughs> movie. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a high bar to hurdle. That's basically... God, that Fury- movie's so good. Man, I haven't thought about Fury Road in a while. I should rewatch that. That's a fucking have, great movie. I have a friend... Uh, one of our listeners and, and friend Regina, who that is her jam and jelly. Like she is one hundred percent number one Fury Road fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I I see it often on the timeline because we're like, and I'm like, oh yes, of course, Tom Hardy, Charlize, of course, yes. <laughs> what a wonderful film. That might be worth a rewatch. That's what John Wick 4 and uh, The Matrix is, 4 have to, to live up to. It is to her what Birds of Prey is to me. <laughs> yes, very much. Yes, that is, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes so much sense. If you're going to have two movies that are like your bread and butter, Fury Road and Birds of Prey are kind of in the same vein, even though they're wildly different movies. <laughs> right. They could not be more different. Yeah, totally. Visually, it's all. There's some it's like whoa. Lines, though. Yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. All right. Oh my gosh. I, I want to think about. It. I just gotta write it uh, down. Claire another in fourth, the chat says another. Fury Road forever. By the way. Claire, you're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> Go see Fury Road if you haven't. I wish. I wish Keanu was in Fury Road. Oh, how good would that have been? He could have. You know, for as many lines as Tom Hardy generally has in his films, I feel mm-hmm. like Keanu and him could probably, they could cross paths eventually. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's one of those dream casting situations. Well, it's like, it reminds me of, <laughs> you know, when um, that classic monologue that even if you haven't watched Parks and Rec, you yeah. know Patton Oswalt's monologue when he's oh filibustering. Yes. And the fact that he, like, that was all ad lib. None of that was scripted. He just came to (laughs) set having that. But he's got this whole story of how the Star Wars universe crosses over with the Marvel universe and et cetera, et cetera. And he's just like, you know, Boba Fett. And I don't even remember what he says in it. It's amazing, whatever he says. But he's crossing over, like, all of the Marvel stuff with all of the Star Wars stuff because they're all owned by the same people. And it's an incredible rant. But it, every time that someone's like casting Keanu in Fury Road, I don't think of Keanu being one of the cast members. I think of like John Wick being in Fury Road. <laughs> right. It's like, this guy, how is he dressed like that? Look at this world. Why has he mm-hmm. got a black suit on? Yeah, I always... Whenever anyone says anything like that, especially with a movie that's perfect, like Fury Road or John yeah. Wick, when you're talking about introducing a different character or like dreamcasting something else, I don't, I think, like, what if we had a crossover where John Wick and Fury, like, met? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, we could only dream. You yeah. know, if, all, if only all studios could get along and work it out, like, just on behalf of the viewer, then. <laughs> Not for their own interests, but alas. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. This is great. I have a lot to think about here. I got to look at. Yeah, I got to look at other fourth sequels. I got to figure out a way to get John Wick into Fury Road, the next Fury Road. So I got a lot of of work ahead of me. But Mm -hmm. for now, (laughs) I think it might be time. 
I think it's time. Let's let's open up the void. Oh boy, let's Stick do this. Stick a crowbar thing. in it and pry out Nolan. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She's got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh boy. Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. There will be no winning by default here, which... I feel like what happened on the, that's like had to have been the case for the John Wick 3 episode, which should be dropping right after this, actually. So you'll get a chance to hear, hear it, the, the victory slip right through my fingers. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. Claire just said in the chat, John Wick 10, The Wasteland, and I, that, just reading that made me hype. Like my blood <laughs> pressure went up a few points because I got so excited. Right. You're like, oh my gosh, I, gotta, I need more water. I got to <laughs> take a drink. Jeez. Got to walk uh, around the room a couple of times to work that right. off. I got to process this. I got to process this. There might be some bonus questions. We'll let uh, our master of ceremonies do that. Let's bring them out. Charles Nolan! John Wick The Wasteland is also Mad Max 6 and The Expendables 12. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Were we getting some exclusive information? They combine all of this franchises into one epic movie. Incredible. That's great. I will give them my money for that movie. They will be deserving of it. (laughs) It is a fantastic movie. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, man. Now I'm super hype. Let's... Go. All right, Charles. It's uh, it's once again Whitney and I. No third. So uh, as always, the Wonderful. void is once again participating. <laughs> oh yes, the void has a good chance this week. I feel. I have the fear, but I'll let you take it away. Great. Well, let's start off with Whitney. Yes. The opening scene takes place how many years before the rest of the movie? Is it seven, eight, or nine? Ooh, I, I'm gonna say eight. That is incorrect. Uh, steel and... I don't think you have to say steel <laughs> when it's just the two of you. Well, it's just ceremony, you know? It makes me feel... I feel like I'm following the rules, you know? If you need it to time. make you feel better, then by all means, take it. I'm gonna say... Nine. That is correct. All right! Okay. Oof. Okay. okay. All right. Switching it over to Andrew. What is the name of the operation they enact to rescue RC car in that beginning scene? Is it Operation Pull String, Operation Pull Toy, or Operation Stretch Toy? Oh, God damn it. Is it... I think it's... Oh, man. I'm going to say Operation... Pull string? That is incorrect. God damn it. Was it pull toy? It was. That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. Okay. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Back up to Whitney. Yes. Which of the following was not originally considered as a name for Forky? <laughs> Forkface, Plastic Ed, or Sporky? Oh, I really like Plastic Ed a lot, but I'm going to think I probably Sporky. That is incorrect. Okay. God damn it. Um, steel. Uh, yes. Go, Andrew, <laughs> with the steel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, oh, my God. I, I, Charles, if you led me astray here, because I want Plastic Ed to be in the running for this. So I, just based on that, I'm going with Fork Face. That is incorrect. <laughs> oh, I made up Plastic Ed. <laughs> that's what you that's what we get Whitney for following it our is, hearts it you is. know god damn it the void now has a point oh no <laughs> it's tied oh, game no. and is tied for the lead <laughs> oh no okay Andrew alright what staple of Toy Story movies do we see during the road trip montage set to I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away? Is it Dinoco, Pizza Planet, or Al's Toy Barn? <gasps> it's Dinoco. That is correct. Yeah. Nice. Back up to Whitney. Yes. What is the name of the town where the family stops on their road trip? Is it Paradise Falls, Rapid Springs, or Grand Basin? Oh, shoot. Paradise Falls? That is incorrect. Yeah, that's from a different world. That's from Up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was like, mm, that sounds very familiar, but not because of this movie. I have already forgotten the second answer, <laughs> so I'm just going to go with Grand Basin. That is correct. <laughs> oh. Oh Rapid my God. Springs was a play on Radiator Springs from Cars. Oh, Charles, you rascal. My void mate knows a lot about Disney movies. <laughs> Perfect. I, we're learning so much. There's a void mate? <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Andrew, your question. <laughs> okay. Which tire does Jesse slash on their RV? Okay. Is it the front left, the front right, the back left, or the back right? <laughs> Charles, can I can I ask for a clarification? Yes. <laughs> I swear it's going to make sense in a minute. This I is, may not give that clarification. This would be from sitting in the passenger sitting in the driver's seat of the car direction, correct? What other way would you talk about tires? <laughs> from the outside, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think it was the front left. That is correct. Yes. Nice. nice. All right. I had to orient myself. Good, good object permanence. 
it was it was dad's side. They gave dad a lot of hell in this film, you know? <laughs> they did. <laughs> Back up to Whitney. Yes. What two words does our boy Keanu use to describe the character of Duke Kaboom and why he fell in love with him? Was he A, brave and vulnerable, B, bold and emotional, or C, exciting and caring? I think brave and emotional. Brave and emotional is not one of the choices. Oh, no. So that is incorrect. Gosh, darn it. And you've confused me. <laughs> Thanks, Whitney. It was... Does anyone smell that? It smells like the void is going to get a point. It was... Fuck. It, it was not... Hold on. Oh, my God. Why didn't I write it down? We have such bad short-term memories. It was literally right there. I just had to, like, repeat it or so, or something. It was... Brave? And... <laughs> God, what was the word? I don't know. I can't remember. Brave and it's not emotional, but that's the only other word I can remember. Vulnerable. Brave and emotion. Brave and vulnerable, vulnerable is my answer. I think it was vulnerable. I'm honestly That is correct. Sure. <laughs> Whitney with the assist. You know what? I'm in it for the, the love of the game. Uh... Oh my god. I, I will give Whitney a so half poorly. point. <laughs> that was great sportsmanship. Yeah. It's like what uh what Dumbledore does, you know, for you know, for great sportsmanship. <laughs> Charles, you can do that as well. So there you go. I don't know who Dumbledore is. <laughs> That's okay. Yet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Until Keanu is in a Fantastic Beast movie. Oh my god. Let's pray that day never comes. <laughs> Moving on to Andrew. Okay. What color is the bucket in Bonnie's cubby? Oh my god. Is it blue, yellow, or red? Because there was a chair. I... Red? That is correct. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a hunch it was red, but that was pure guessing, not at all remembering what I had seen. Same, same. Charles there were only three bucket colors in kindergarten. Apparently only red, yellow, or blue. Uh-huh. But For the last question of regulation, it's Whitney. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is the first non-distorted voice line that we hear from Gabby Gabby's pull string? <laughs> is it, it's time for tea, you are my best friend, let's play all day, or I'm Gabby Gabby, will you be my friend? Ooh, I think it's I'm Gabby Gabby, will you be my friend? That is incorrect. Time for tea? That is incorrect. Oh. <laughs> Oof, this is a rough one, y'all. I don't You are my best friend, let's play all day, is the correct answer. Uh, I guess. 
because it immediately yeah. after that she says it's time for tea. Damn it! And when she's found in the carnival, she says, "I'm Gabby. Gabby, will you be my friend?" Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Charles mm-hmm. scrambling our brains. Mm-hmm. I understand. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I need a fan in here. This is hard. Yeah, Whitney, I am a fan of you. Wow. Oh. Andrew, you exist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It's now time for the bonus round of Pop Quiz Asshole. In the bonus round, questions are not posed to any one person. All players get to buzz in with their guesses as to the right answer. Mm -hmm. Whitney, let's hear your buzzer sound. Me. Andrew, let's hear your buzzer sound. Bzz. And the Void's buzzer sound sounds like this. <laughs> that was a joke. The Void does not get to buzz in. That would be unfair. It's ominous. It's ominous. That's <laughs> very ominous. I'm sweating more now than I was before he said that. <laughs> Bonus round question number one. A sticker of what food item can be found on Billy Goat and Gruff's side? Is it a taco, a burger, or bacon? Me. Whitney. A burger? That is incorrect. This is purely process of elimination because I feel like I would have remembered bacon. So I'm going to go with taco. That is correct. (laughs) I did the same thing. I was like, I would have remembered if there was a bacon sticker. (laughs) Yeah. See? Bonus round question number two. We see two board games next to the reel-to-reel movie projector in Second Chance Antiques. Both named after Pixar shorts. One is Knickknack. What is the other one? Is it Sanjay's Super Team, Presto, or Lifted? Me. Whitney. Presto? That is incorrect. Mm. (laughs) Lifted. Andrew, I've noticed you stopped saying steel. <laughs> I know. I've just gotten that comfortable. <laughs> Bzz, the comfort lifted. works because lifted is correct. Yes. <laughs> A lot of these are because I'm forgetting almost immediately what the first, because uh, I'm nervous also. So <laughs> like, I'll just go with answer C. Okay. For the final question of Pop Quiz Asshole. All right. How long into the movie do we get before Duke Kaboom is introduced? (gasps) Is it 45 minutes, 55 minutes, or 65 minutes? Me. I heard Andrew first. 55 minutes. That is correct. Holy (laughs) shit. Nice. Oh my God. You crushed it this time. 
Oh my gosh. It was just the void. It was so so scary. <laughs> just panicking trying to keep the void from getting points. Yeah. Oh. You know? oh this is a pop quiz asshole record. Get out. Because 12 and a half points were awarded. <laughs> Total. Also, I believe this is the largest margin of victory I have seen in my time doing Pop Quiz Asshole. Oh my goodness. With a score of one and a half to two to nine. <laughs> what? Andrew is our hands down winner. Oh yeah, my gosh. Away. You really crushed it. Oh my gosh. I didn't have anything prepared. I didn't think this was ever going to happen. Charles, I have to thank you, Whitney. I have to thank you as well. Uh, Pixar, you did okay making this one. So thank you for that as well, I guess. That's it. Well done, Andrew. (laughs) Whitney, (laughs) you lost to the void. Uh, Repercussions will be coming. Oh, no. (laughs) Yikes. Moving on to Pop Quiz Audience everybody's actual favorite part of the show. (laughs) In Pop Quiz Audience, I ask our fantastic listeners three questions about each movie. They get to tweet to me their answers, either tweeting to at the Nolan or hashtagging Pop Quiz Audience. Our three questions from last time were, what time is it at the start of the movie? According to the clock that we see, at the very beginning, it is 5.08. Correctly guessed by Zoe. Zoe! Excellent! Question number two. How many minutes will it be before Sophia and John leave after John gives her the marker? She says they'll be leaving in ten minutes. Nobody got this right. Hmm. It's a bummer. Bummer. (laughs) (laughs) And question number three. What's the name of the dog that followed Orion through the sky? We had a couple of guesses on this that were close to right, with Sirius being very close as it's the brightest star in Canis Major. Canis Major, correctly guessed by Zoe. Zoe again. Excellent. Our three questions for this show's pop quiz audience are question number one. What animal do we see in this movie that appears for the first time in any Pixar movie? What? Question number two. There's an antique candy machine in Second Chance. How much is the candy? (laughs) And question number three. What's the name of the ride that Duke targets for the 40-foot jump off the Ferris wheel at the end of the movie? Oh. Tweet to me at The Nolan. That's T-H-E-N-O-W-L-I-N. Or hashtag Pop Quiz Audience. And get called out for your right answers next time. Charles, as always, thank you for the work that you put into this. Good, good good stuff. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. 
I am making them harder and harder so that the void can eventually win and overtake. No. I will not spoil the surprise. No. No. You know what? Oh, Whitney. I'm so scared. Whitney, I'm really, really worried about Face the Music now. I am too. I was looking forward to it, and now I don't know how I feel. I don't want the void to win. I have prepared the hardest quiz so far for Face the Music. Oh no. Uh-huh. I have to go back and watch it three more times. That's not a problem. It's, a, it's something I will gladly do, actually. Yes, it is a fantastic movie. No spoilies oh. until the the podcast, though. No spoilies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just certain words from Charles. Really, they really, really tickle me. They you hit know? different. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize me saying no would hit so different. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, was it spoilies? <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, it was spoilies. Duly noted, <laughs> Charles. I bid you a, I bid you a good void, and uh, I'll see you on the next episode. A good void to both of you as well, and any listeners currently listening. Oh my word! Oh, Charles! Oh my gosh! All right, so. We have a couple, a uh, couple things left to tackle here. Major plot points. I, uh, mm -hmm. I have Wikipedia open. I'm gonna, you know, when Eric did John Wick, because everyone was kind of so familiar with it, he, he, I, you know, he took over for you, the mm -hmm. hosting, mm -hmm. and he sailed through John Wick in a way where it was, it was pretty well, impressive, also, actually. Also much of it is action and we've had that with action movies before where it's like you know there's a five minute scene of like riding a horse and there's only so much that you can say other than fight horse riding you know <laughs> right ninja horse one of motorcycle the best fight. scenes in all of cinema the knife museum fight all you can really say is they have a insane knife fight in a knife museum <laughs> and it's a perfect it's perfect in every way. It's perfect it. in every way. It's one of the best things ever committed to film. But there's but there's only, you know, that takes up a lot more time in film than it does <laughs> in words. Yeah, to say, right? I know we have I know we both have memories that are terrible. However, we do need your ranking for John Wick Chapter 3. So when we get to that yeah, part of the gonna, show. I was gonna wait till we were at the end of this one. Perfect. Anyone waiting, I am Just going to say note what it. I I missed my chance to tell you my thoughts and feelings about John Wick 3, but we could do a real quick segment when it's fine. Let's get through. Uh, yeah, let's get yeah, through plot and see what we can do here. Let's talk about Toy Story first. All right, I am opening the Wikipedia as we speak. Perfect. Let's get through this real quick. Nine years earlier, following the events of Toy Story Two, Bo Peep and Woody attempt to rescue RC, Andy's remote control car from a rainstorm. Just as they finish the rescue, Woody watches as Bo is donated to a new owner and considers going with her, but ultimately decides to remain with Andy. Clearly a decision that has haunted this toy for years. Even though we don't see that in Toy Story 3. That's fine. Years later, a young adult Andy donates them to Bonnie, a younger child, which we saw at the end of 3, before he goes to college. 
While the toys are grateful to have a new child, Woody struggles to adapt to an environment where he is not the favorite. Apparent when Bonnie takes Woody's sheriff badge and puts it on Jesse instead, not even bothering to give him a role during playtime. I think we've all felt this, you know? We've all been Woody in this situation at mm -hmm. one point. On the day of Bonnie's kindergarten orientation, Woody worries about her and sneaks into her backpack. After a classmate takes Bonnie's arts and craft supplies, Woody covertly recovers the materials and, and various pieces of garbage from the trash, including a plastic spork. Bonnie uses these to create... <laughs> what a sentence. Bonnie uses these to create a bipedal spork with googly eyes. <laughs> she dubs Forky. Wow. Forky comes to life in Bonnie's backpack and begins to experience an existential crisis. Who among us? Thinking he is garbage. So relatable. <laughs> Why am I alive? Right? Oh my, everything about Forky is so relatable. I know. It's, you know, it felt especially on point in this situation we find ourselves in. It's a little, it's mm. a little too real. Forky is us in 2020. <laughs> Thinking he is garbage rather than a toy, he wishes to remain in a trash can. Of course. As Forky becomes Bonnie's favorite toy, Woody takes it upon himself to prevent Forky from throwing himself away. This is, he just adopts the role of guardian for Forky. He desperately needs some identity, and since he doesn't mm -hmm. have one at playtime, that's right. Like, I will be Forky's guardian. Yeah, I can do this. This is what, this is what I can do. Mm -hmm. When Bonnie's family goes on a road trip, Forky jumps out of the RV window, and Woody pursues him. After Woody explains how important he is to Bonnie, Forky decides to accompany Woody and return to her. Near the RV park where Bonnie's family is staying, Woody spots Bo Peep's lamp in an antique store window and goes in hoping to find her. Instead, he and Forky encounter a talking doll named Gabby Gabby, who desires Woody's voice box to replace her own broken one. Gabby captures Forky, but Woody is able to escape. At a nearby playground, Woody is reunited with Bo Peep and her sheep Billy, Goat, and Gruff, who now live as, quote, lost toys that are not dedicated to one child. Bo agrees to help Woody save Forky and get back to Bonnie. Uh, let's see. Meanwhile, Buzz searches for Woody but gets lost at a fairground that becomes a carnival game prize. Here, he escapes with the plush toys Ducky and Bunny, played by Key and Peel. Delightfully, I might add. Uh, what a great. What a great dynamic. If you told me, I mean, it feels like they were in the studio together. Like the, the way yeah. they bounced off of each other. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and they eventually meet up with Woody and Bo. With the help of a pocket cop toy, <laughs> Giggle McDimples and Canadian stuntman, Duke Kaboom, they unsuccessfully try to rescue Forky from Gabby and her ventriloquist puppet henchman. And the store owner's cat. There, I mean, there was a lot that's going on. <laughs> they, they had a lot to contend with. Mm -hmm. In the aftermath of the failed rescue, Bo and the other toys argue over whether to go back. Woody declares that rescuing Forky is his remaining purpose and tells Bo that being loyal is something a lost toy would not understand. Harsh, Woody. Harsh. Alone, Woody encounters Gabby again, who expresses her longing for a child's love. Woody sympathizes with her plight and willingly trades his voice box for Forky. The toys part ways, but Woody watches Gabby as she is rejected by her ideal owner, Harmony. Woody comforts a heartbroken Gabby and invites her to become one of Bonnie's toys. 
Bo returns with the others to help and reconciles with Woody. They head for the carnival while Forky fetches Buzz and Bonnie's toys. They interfere with the RV's controls, forcing Bonnie, Bonnie's father, <laughs> to, to drive back to the carnival. Like, they were, they did everything they could to just ruin this dad's day. They pierced the tire. <laughs> they locked the doors. There's all sorts of crazy shit. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would not be happy if I were the human in this situation. <laughs> when Gabby sees a girl crying lost in the carnival, she decides instead to become that child's toy right there and then, emboldening the child to approach a security guard and be reunited with her parents. At the carousel, Woody and Bo share a bittersweet goodbye, but Woody is hesitant to leave Bo again. After Buzz tells Woody that Bonnie will be okay without him, Woody decides to stay with Bo instead of returning to Bonnie. Woody passes his sheriff badge over to Jesse, a real heartbreaker, and bids mm -hmm. a, a heartfelt farewell to his friends. Woody and Bo begin a new life with Ducky, Bunny, Giggle, and Duke, dedicated to finding new owners for lost toys. On her first day of first grade, Bonnie creates a second impromptu toy out of a plastic knife, it suffers the same existential <laughs> crisis Forky once did, and he is then smitten with her. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. That's it. Oh, did that need fun. to exist? No. But it was no. a good time. It didn't need to exist. However, the sentence, create a bipedal fork with googly eyes named Forky, mm -hmm. may have been one. worth... <laughs> may have made it worth it. One. I don't know. Uh, time will tell. Time will tell. So, uh, Whitney, at a high level, uh, we talked a lot about the nitty-gritty of this film and what we <laughs> liked and don't like about it. Would you recommend this movie? I would recommend this film. Okay. I thought it was delightful. Um, overall, it doesn't need to exist, but especially to people that haven't seen it or waited a while because they are adults without children, Find it and, and watch it now because it, Forky is delightful. He is all of us. If you are 40 and under, all, all of the Forky stuff will speak to your specific brand of millennial or Gen Z nihilism, <laughs> <laughs> which is a different flavor than Gen X nihilism. And that's not to say that Gen X won't get it, but I think it speaks to us more directly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I realized that um, the, the normal way that I watch movies and the way that you watch them, Plex, I did not have this movie on there. And I, I, I freaked out for a second. I was like, wait a minute, I don't have this? And then I remembered I had uh, I have Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. So I got a little bit more value out of Disney Plus than just the first season of The Mandalorian and literally nothing else. So also, happy birthday to me. Second season of Mandalorian is coming out the day before my birthday. There you go. Happy happy early birthday, mm -hmm. right? More Pedro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, more Baby Yoda, more of course. More Baby Yoda. So that's, um, yeah, this is, my, this is my struggle. Am I going to renew Disney Plus? But that's totally aside from the point. I got to watch Toy Story 4 on it. You might have Toy Story 4 if you have Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. I recommend it. Whitney recommends it. So that might be a way for you to watch it that you already have. Do that. Do that. Now, as far as I'm concerned, a much more interesting discussion. Whitney, where are you going to you're put gonna, this? You're going to scream. 
I, I'm, I'm going to scream? <laughs> You're going to scream. All right. Hit me with where you are ranking Toy Story 4. Uh, well, Toy Story 4 is down at number 14 under okay. my own private Idaho. Number That's- 14. Okay. That's uh, that feels like a pretty decent spot. Uh, yeah. Toy Story four at fourteen, uh, like we had discussed so maybe an episode or two ago, two episodes, three episodes ago. That top twenty is like a pretty. Those are all pretty solid films, right? If you're mm-hmm. in that pocket, mm-hmm. you're you're good. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll take that. Um, I will probably end up putting Toy Story four at the number twelve spot. Narrowly edging out Keanu, but not at the, uh, not quite as rewatchable for me as Man of Tai Chi. So there you go. Now, holy shit. (laughs) I just realized when I did the copy paste that you had already put in. Uh Okay. Uh All right. Let me, let me take a beat. Hold on. I got to take a drink. Holy mackerel. Breathe, Breathe in. You're going to have to explain this to me. I know. Whitney, tell everybody where you are ranking John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. It is number one on my list. (laughs) It is number one. Have you been talking to Evan? What is going on? (laughs) Oh, no, man. I mean, I've said it since, you know, I really liked Chapter 3. It is not the best of the John Wick films. Yeah. Uh, it is my favorite of the John Wick films. Every scene, every frame is like a Renaissance painting. The drama is over the top. The lore gets deeper. Just everything about it is amazing. The casting is amazing. Every, you know, it gets queerer. And I like when he pairs up with a woman because he never pairs up with anyone. And so for the first person for him to pair up with being a woman that he has this long backstory with, it's amazing. It is the most fun. And I screamed like a squeal when I saw it in the movie theater more than once, specifically at the museum knife fight. Um, But like, it's why I think that the, you know, like, the fifth Fast and Furious movie is my favorite Fast and Furious because it's when the tipping point into absurd happens. Like, it's That's always kind of silly, but it tips into absurd. Parabellum is that for John Wick, where it tips over the edge into, like, an opera. Uh-huh. It's so dramatic. It's so over the top. The colors are so rich. The fighting is crazy. The sets are redonk. Like... The whole thing just gets cranked up to 11, and I like that. I'm here for that. That's my favorite. Like, John Wick is so great, the first one, because it's so pared down and so simple of a story, and the sets and everything is very, like, pared down compared to two or three. But three is my favorite because it's the most fun to watch. But I definitely would say if you are asking me what the best of the three is, like in terms of movie quality, it's definitely going to be John Wick or Chapter 2 over 3. But just in personal preference, John Wick 3, Parabellum, is my favorite. That's my number one on the list. (laughs) You've made some compelling arguments. I can't, I have nothing, I have no rebuttal for it. 
Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> your, your top three are just reverse chronology John Wicks, and I uh-huh. love that. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My list goes three, two, one, The Matrix, Speed, Much Ado About Nothing, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Constantine, Man of Tai Chi, Destination Wedding. Currently my top ten. I stand by that. Yeah. That's a I hill a I would die on. I have a feel. I I, I don't know. I can't, I'm shocked. Now, I was not around for the recording, but when I logged into the sheet and saw that you put Parabellum at 10, I was like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> not being played- your favorite of the John Wicks is fine, but like, it should not be below parenthood. <laughs> we'll have like, a reckoning What are you before. even doing? Here's the deal. I, I put it at 10, and looking at it at 10, it's uh, wrong. Spoil- <laughs> it is wrong, and I'll tell you why. Because this is a, P- Parabellum is a top 10 Keanu movie, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And as, as in, in parlance of you and Charles, no spoilies per se, <laughs> but I can say that there will be another movie coming up that will be in my top 10, yes. 100%. So I may have to do a little uh, a little switcheroo here. We make the rules so we can break them. So technically, we could change it any time. I feel like we should probably just you know. Go re- for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Tell tell the people what your reckoning is when you do it. Yeah, we'll do that. I think that'll be good. Uh, because but yeah. it definitely shouldn't be a ten. Yeah. If Espe- I and then had get, been and on then that episode, out. you wouldn't be a ten. I would have convinced you. <laughs> Long right. before the end of the episode, it would have been yeah. five. You know, it was all, I blame Eric mostly, you know, that's, that's stupid what it was. Eric. <laughs> he was supposed Eric to be here. Stupid radio he's, voice. He's cowardly. He couldn't, he couldn't watch Toy Story 4 again for us. Unbelievable. That resonant basso profundo. <laughs> oh, it hit well, it hit well. Well, that's great. So John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. I didn't see Chapter 3 on Eric's list. Did he put it on I don't know list? if he put it in. Oh, you know what? He might not have been able to. He was in... Uh, I want to say he was around the replacements if I had to... If I had to. Rude. <laughs> even lower than me. Um, I think he was right in that, that pocket. Um, I almost... I almost assuredly remember him saying he would rather watch Constantine than than John Wick Chapter Three. That's fair. Right. Totally that fair. Just, so Constantine but should move that up. Means also, Constantine then. needs to be higher. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. I get it. I get it. I'm looking forward to being in the in the same boat as all of the listeners when I listen to the John Wick Three episode because clearly I've put it at number one on my list. I'm going to be disagreeing loudly. As I listen to the episode, it'll be fun because I haven't gotten to do that. I know what happens in all the episodes. So uh, I have not gotten to like yell at someone for being wrong about a Keanu movie yet. That's fun. Now I'm worried. Maybe I should edit. I should re I should uh, re-record some of my parts here. No, it's fine. I'm not going to do that. That's too much work <laughs> to make that all cohesive. So yeah. that'll be out tonight, actually. So there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. So we have recommended, we have ranked, we ranked twice, actually. So that's great. Whitney is back back to current. Mm-hmm. 
This brings us to next week, which is very exciting. Very I, exciting. You know, this was, mm-hmm. we, we've been in the period of time called the Keanu Sans for a bit. Yes. And this felt like the, 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 the role where he really leaned into it in a big way. This is the him realizing that he's in the Keanu Sans. Yeah. And, and, you know, embracing it in a real fun way. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah, Whitney will be walking us through Always Be My Maybe. Uh, This is, as we all know, a Netflix film, which Mm -hmm. means we could do a party for this one. We need to do a party for this one. So we'll figure out the timings and stuff like that. I know Whitney is, uh, will be away. going to a cabin. (laughs) In the woods. A cabin in the woods. I'm going to be as isolated as I can possibly get. Yeah. This episode drops next week, so we're covered there. So mm-hmm. by two Thursdays from now, we have to skip, figure out Always Be My Maybe. I we think can we can that. pull it off. We can do that. <laughs> Fingers crossed for us. Mm-hmm. Keep us honest, listeners. Uh, we've both seen this. We're both very excited for it. It's, yeah. it's going to be It'll great. be a fun one to have like a, a beer or a cocktail and all watch Always Be My Maybe together. So we definitely need to do a watch party. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right, I'm just checking through the notes here. This is it. We're done. We did it. It's over. Bing, bang, boom. Feel great. Look, at and I got it. you know, this is me patting myself on the back. We have been remarkably consistent with our times. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Feels like we finally hit our stride. (laughs) (laughs) Like two episodes before the end. (laughs) We did it. We arrived. (laughs) <laughs> Whitney, <laughs> if people are interested in your other exploits on the internet, maybe mm-hmm. some cute dog photos, you know, mm-hmm. where, 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 where would you send them? Yes, to Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, uh, for podcast stuff, other podcasts that I'm on. Historical Hotties is on a little bit of a hiatus while I'm job hunting and whatever. Um but that's a podcast that you could listen to where I talk about dead people that are hot. Uh, and then my Instagram is Whitney Nelson with no underscore. If you want to see pictures of my dog, I literally post daily and sometimes have to refrain myself from more than daily pictures of my cute dog. So how dare you? you how dare see, you be so withholding? If you want to see pups, you can follow me on Instagram. Perfect. You can find me at a number of places, but I will direct you to Twitter and Instagram uh, at Dark Driving on both of those. There will be some switcheroos coming up as we come to the end here. I will be uh, launching uh, like a network, I guess you would call it, where all of our shows will live. Like not a, not a network, but just like a new domain where all of our shows will live. Um, and a couple other cool things. Uh, we're going to put together some trailers for the Kurt Locker and all this other great stuff. So just to... Is that the first all... time you officially announced the name? I feel like we. I feel like I let it slip before, and uh, I don't know. So yeah, it's the Kurt Locker. We the know Kurt everyone. Locker. Everyone knew it was going to be Kurt Russell. The Kurt Locker will be our uh, podcast title. Uh, so 
that was a shitty reveal if that if I accidentally just did it there. But ta-da! Uh, we, we, we had a debate of whether or not we should call it the Kurt Locker or Love Kurtz. But I said we could only do Love Kurtz if we could find an instrumental version of Love Hurts to play as the intro. Yeah. And so we ended up going with the Kurt Locker. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that. It'll be fun. Uh, all of those those like little trailery type things they'll appear on this feed as that as it does on podcasts and it'll give you mm-hmm. all the information you need and we might do a little intro uh, for like our hosts and stuff. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. A lot of the a lot of the same voices you're used to here oh, yeah. will be you, returning. You may not love Kurt Russell the same way you do Keanu Reeves, but you will enjoy that show just as much because it's going to be very similar in tone and hosts. Absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to that. I I am too. I think it's going to be fun because Kurt Russell has made some weird ass movies. (laughs) He's a, he's a, he's also, he's also made some very distinct characters as we have kind of had to discover for our artwork and stuff like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I recognize all of these people. It's hard Mm -hmm. to believe that is the same person. That it all came from the same person. Yeah. (laughs) So. That's great. That's great. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, do that. And obviously just keep following Cool Breeze Pod on Twitter and you'll get everything you need from there. (sighs) We did it. We did it. Still under the 90 minute mark. You gotta love it. Yeah. Crushed it. Nailed it. Buried it in a coffin. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to press this button. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Phil S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Bye.